Section 5 of Policeman Blue Jay by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. Chapter 9 The Destroyers. A loud shouting and a bang that echoed like a clap of thunder through the forest awoke the bird children from their dreams. Opening their eyes with a start, they saw that the gray dawn was breaking, and a sort of morning twilight made all objects in the forest distinct, yet not so brilliant as the approaching daylight would. Shadows still lay among the bushes and the thickest branches, but between the trees the spaces were clearly visible. The children, rudely awakened by the riot of noise in their ears, could distinguish the barking of dogs, the shouting of men calling to the brutes, and the scream of an animal in distress. Immediately after, there was a whirl overhead, and the gray owl settled on the limb beside their nest. "'They've got her,' she explained in a trembling, terrified voice. "'The men have shot Mrs. Possum, and the dogs are now tearing her four babies limb from limb.' "'Where are they?' whispered Twinkle, her little heart beating as violently as if the dread destroyers had always been her mortal enemies. "'Just below us. Isn't it dreadful?' We had such a nice night together, and Mrs. Possum was so sweet and loving and caring for her little ones and feeding them. And just as we were nearly home again, the dogs sprang upon my friend, and the men shot her dead. We had not even suspected, until then, that our foes were in the forest. Twinkle and Chubbins craned their necks over the edge of the nest and looked down. On the ground stood a man and a boy, and two great dogs were growling fiercely and tearing some bloody, revolting object with their cruel jaws. "'Look out!' cried the voice of Whisk the squirrel. "'He's aiming at you! Look out!' They ducked their heads again, just as the gun roared and flamed fire beneath them. "'Oh!' wailed Mrs. Hootaway, fluttering violently beside them. "'They've struck me that time. The bullet is in my heart. Goodbye, my dears. Remember that all is love.' All is love. Her voice died away to a whisper, and she toppled from the limb. Twinkle and Chubbins tried to save their dying friend from falling, but the gray owl was so much bigger than they that they could not support the weight of her body. Slowly she sank to the ground and fell upon the earth with a dull sound that was dreadful to hear. Instantly Twinkle darted from the nest and swooped downward, alighting on the ground beside the owl's quivering body. A big dog came bounding toward her. The man was reloading his gun a few paces away. "'Call off your dog!' shouted Twinkle, wildly excited. "'How dare you shoot the poor harmless birds! Call off your dog, I say!' But even as she spoke, the words sounded in her own ears strange and unnatural, more like the chirping of a bird than the language of men. The hunter either did not hear her or he did not understand her, and the dog snarled and bared its wicked teeth as it sprang greedily upon the child lark. Twinkle was too terrified to move. She glared upon the approaching monster helplessly, and it had almost reached her when a black object fell from the skies with the swiftness of a lightning streak and struck the dog's back, tearing the flesh with its powerful talons and driving a stout, merciless beak straight through the skull of the savage brute. The dog, already dead, straightened out and twitched convulsively. The man shouted angrily and sprung upon the great bird that had slain his pet, at the same time swinging his gun like a club. "'Quick!' the eagle said to Twinkle. "'Mount with me as swiftly as you can.' With the words he rose into the air, and Twinkle darted after him, while Chubbins, seeing their flight from his nest, joined them just in time to escape a shot from the boy's deadly gun. The inquisitive squirrel, however, had stuck his head out to see what was happening, 
and one of their leaden bullets buried itself in his breast. Chubbins saw him fall back into his hollow and heard his agonized scream, but he could not stay to help his poor friend. An instant later he had joined the eagle and Twinkle, and was flying as hard and as swift as his wonderful lark wings could carry him up, up into the blue sky. The sunshine touched them now, while below the tragic forest still lay buried in gloom. "'We are quite safe here, for I am sure no shot from a gun could reach us,' said the eagle. "'So let us rest upon our wings for a while. "'How lucky it was that I happened to be around in time to rescue you, my little friends.' "'I am very grateful indeed,' answered Twinkle, holding her wings outstretched, "'so that she floated lightly in the air beside her rescuer. "'If you had been an instant later, the dog would have killed me.' "'Very true,' returned the eagle. "'I saw your danger while I was in the air,' and determined to act quickly, although I might myself have been shot by the man had his gun been loaded. But I have noticed that a bold action is often successful because it causes surprise, and the foe does not know what to do. I'm ashamed of those people, said Chubbins indignantly. What right had they to come to the forest and kill the pretty owl and the dear squirrel and the poor mamma possum and her babies? They had the right of power, said the eagle calmly. It would be a beautiful world were there no destroyers of life in it, but the earth and air and water would then soon become so crowded that there would not be room for them all to exist. Don't blame the men. But they are cruel, said Twinkle, and kill innocent harmless birds and animals instead of the wicked ones that could be better spared. Cruelty is man's nature, answered the eagle. Of all created things, men, tigers, and snakes are known to be the most cruel. From them we expect no mercy. But now, what shall be our next movement? I suppose it will be best for you to keep away from the forest until the men are gone. Would you like to visit my home and meet my wife and children? Yes, indeed, cried Twinkle, if you will be kind enough to let us. It will be a great pleasure to me, said the eagle. Follow me closely. He began flying again, and they kept at his side. By and by, they noticed a bright, rosy glow coming from a portion of the forest beneath them. "'What is that?' asked Chubbins. "'It is the place called the Paradise of Birds,' answered their conductor. "'It is said to be the most beautiful place in all the world, but no one except the birds of paradise are allowed to live there. Those favored birds sometimes enter our part of the forest, but we are never allowed to enter theirs.' "'I'd like to see that place,' said Twinkle." "'Well, you two child-larks are different from all other birds,' remarked the eagle. "'And for that reason, perhaps you would be allowed to visit the paradise that is forbidden the rest of us. "'If ever I meet one of the beautiful birds that live there, I will ask it to grant you the privilege.' "'Do,' said Twinkle and Chubbins, in one eager breath. "'They flew for a long time, high in the air, but neither of the bird-children seemed to tire in the least. "'They could not go quite as fast as the eagle, however, who moderated his speed,' so that they could keep up with him. End of chapter 9 Chapter 10 In the Eagle's Nest Gradually the forest passed out of sight, and only bleak, rugged mountains were below them. One peak rose higher than the others and faced the sea, and to this point the great eagle directed their flight. On a crag that jutted out from the mountain was the eagle's nest made of rude sticks of wood gathered from the forest. Sitting beside the nest was Mrs. Eagle, larger and more pompous even than her husband, 
while squatting upon the edge of the nest were two half-grown eaglets with enormous claws and heads but rather skinny bodies that were covered with loose and ragged feathers neither the nest nor the eaglets appeared to be very clean and a disagreeable smell hung over the place this is funny said mrs eagle looking at the child larks with surprise usually you kill your game before you bring it home jonathan but today it seems our dinner has flown to us willingly there for us cried one of the eaglets making a quick dash to seize twinkle who darted out of his reach one for each of us screamed the other eaglet rushing at chubbins peace be quiet said the eagle sternly cannot you tell friends from food you foolish youngsters these are two little friends of mine whom i have invited to visit us so you must treat them in a civil manner why not eat them asked one of the eaglets looking at the child larks with hungry eyes because i forbid you they are my guests and must be protected and well treated and even if this were not so the larks are too small to satisfy your hunger you little gluttons jonathan said mrs eagle coldly do not reproach our offspring for their hunger we sent you out this morning to procure a supply of food and we expected you to bring us home something good to eat instead of these useless little creatures the eagle seemed annoyed at being scolded in this manner i had an adventure in the forest he said and came near being shot and killed by a man that is the reason i came home so soon twinkle and chubbins were standing together at the edge of the crag when one of the eaglets suddenly spread out his wide stiff wings and pushed them over the precipice they recovered themselves before they had fallen far and flew to the ledge again just in time to see the father eagle cuff his naughty son very soundly but the mother only laughed in her harsh voice and said it is so early in the day jonathan that i advise you to go again in search of food our sweet darlings will not be comforted until they have eaten very well answered the eagle i am sorry you cannot treat my guests more politely for they are all unaccustomed to such rudeness but i see that it will be better for me to take them away with me at once do said mrs eagle and the eaglets cried better let us eat em daddy they are not very big but they're better than no breakfast at all you're disagreeable things said twinkle indignantly and i don't like you a bit so there come on twink said chubbins let's go away i will take you back to the forest the eagle declared and at once rose into the air twinkle and chubbins followed him and soon the nest on the crag was left far behind and they could no longer hear the hoot of the savage young ones for a time the eagle flew in silence then he said you must forgive my family for not being more hospitable you must know that they live a very lonely life and have no society because every living thing fears them but i grow abroad more and see more of the world so i know very well how guests ought to be treated you have been very kind to us mr eagle replied the girl lark and you saved my life when the dog would have killed me i don't blame you any for what your family did my mamma says lots of people show off better abroad than they do at home and that's your case exactly if i were you i wouldn't take any more visitors to my nest i do not intend to answered the eagle but i am glad that you think well of me personally if you do not of my family and i assure you it has been a real pleasure to me to assist you were you like ordinary birds you would be beneath my notice but i am wise enough to understand that you are very unusual and wonderful little creatures and if at any time i can serve you further you have but to call me and i will do what i can for you 
Thank you very much, replied Twinkle, who realized that the great bird had acted more gently toward them than it is the nature of his wild race to do. They had just reached the edge of the forest again when they saw a bird approaching them at a great speed, and soon it came near enough for them to see that it was Policeman Blue Jay. He wore his official helmet and carried his club, and as soon as he came beside them he said, "'Thank goodness I found you at last. I've been hunting for you an hour and began to fear you had met with some misfortune.' "'We've been with the eagle,' said the girl. "'He saved our lives and carried us away from where the dreadful men were.' "'We have had sad doings in the forest today, very sad indeed,' declared the blue jay in a grave voice. "'The hunters did even more damage than usual.' They killed Jolly Joe, the brown bear, and Sam Fox, and Mrs. Possum and her babies, and Whisk the squirrel, so that the animals are all in mourning for their friends. But our birds suffered greatly also. Mrs. Hootaway is dead, and three pigeons belonging to a highly respected family. But the saddest of all is the murder of Mr. and Mrs. Goldfinch, both of whom were killed by the same shot. You may remember, my dears, that they were at your reception yesterday, and as gay and happy as any of the company present. In their nest are now five little children, too young and weak to fly, and there is no one to feed them or look after them. Oh, that is dreadful, exclaimed Twinkle. Can't Chubbins and I do something for the little goldfinches? Why, that is why I was so anxious to find you, answered Policeman Blue Jay. You haven't laid any eggs yet, and have no one to depend upon you. So I hoped you would adopt the goldfinch babies. We will, said Chubbins promptly. We can feed them out of our basket. Oh, yes, chimed in the girl. We couldn't catch grubs for them, you know. It won't be necessary, observed the policeman, with a sly wink at the eagle. They're too young yet to know grubs from grub. End of chapter 10 End of section 5